Wham, everybody. This is our third episode, uh, episode 25 overall, our third episode for our holiday season. Mm-hmm. We are doing Muppets Christmas Carol. And if you haven't noticed, there's no, this neither came out on its scheduled release date, December 24th, or on Christmas. Um, yeah. On December 24th, I became gravely ill with you a got strong the tiny flu. Tim disease. Yeah, I got the tiny Tim that. disease. I was at a 103 temp. Um, I I almost passed out at the wheel. I'm doing fine now, and uh, I don't know. I'm doing fine now. So somebody must have had their little Scrooge moment somewhere. It happened. Yeah, someone had their little Satan three ghosts. So we're set. But. <laughs> uh dude muppets christmas carol i really i enjoy this a lot more than i thought i did this was yeah. funny this is i muppets christmas carol is an incredible movie i really enjoy it um i don't know i watched it last christmas for the first time and it blew me away and i was watching like two movies a day back then and that's the one that like stood out i think that mm-hmm. might be the only movie i watched yeah from so this came screen. out um this came out early december 1992 um, in the box office, it made about $5 million initially, um, but it was also going up against Home Alone 2 and Aladdin. So this movie already was going into the theaters like kind of uphill, which is rough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What year was that? 92? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, 90s, late 90s or early 90s were such a good year for children's um, entertainment, I feel like. That's true. That's really fair. There was a lot of like, there's a lot of new ideas that were happening. That, and I think that, what, is that considered Disney Renaissance era? Because that's Hercules, Aladdin, Lion King, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, um, that's that's like their power. I think then to like, what, like, I don't know, 2006-ish is and like that's, their golden era. And that's when like most classic Christmas movies came out in the 90s. Because that was mm-hmm. Elf, that was Home Alone. So you sort of have sort of like a children's era, you have a Christmas era, and out of it came this Muppet movie. And mm-hmm. not only is it an exceptional Christmas movie, but it's an exceptional adaptation of A Christmas Carol. People have talked about how close it is to the original, especially when comparing it to um, what Jim Carrey's Scrooge or other Christmas mm-hmm. Carol adaptations. This stands out as being a lot closer to the original book by Charles Darwin. Yeah, like not Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin, uh, Charles Dickens. Yeah. Um, watching this, obviously, the most recent Christmas Carol that like I um, connected with is that animated one that was like 2012 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just going off that, all the story beats line up, all the characters line up, and a lot of them are puppets and they have these little silly moments in them, but they don't surrender themselves entirely to that comedic air. Mm-hmm. So they still have the story moving through and the lessons that they wanted to teach. And I think it's just really well done. I do think this sort of does stand out just because this is one of the more heartfelt and um, dramatic Muppets uh, movies. I've seen uh, a few of them. Uh, the first Muppet movie is the one that stands out most to me, but they're defined by their comedy. And of course they are. Mm-hmm. The Muppets are such a great era or a great avenue to do comedy. But this takes um, itself seriously. I think a problem with the modern iteration of the Muppets is that they are all fully aware that they're puppets. And so in all of the like all the media that they do, like that Muppets modern family thing that they did on ABC for a bit. Yeah. Like everyone was fully aware they were puppets and it was just constantly, oh, Kermit the Frog, aren't you a puppet? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and like it it totally like breaks it where people aren't just like oh no that's charles dickens yeah it's rizzo the rat what do you mean bro he's chill <laughs> I, like the watermelons getting st- in the beginning they just go by in a car and they're like we're being stolen help us please that shit's so funny to me. <laughs> like the food in the muppets movies must be the best jokes i swear to god they always have heat <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of the muppets i've uh i did watch the i watched one of the abc shows there was two mm. of them i watched the one that was basically just like 30 rock where it was yeah. just inside the muppets uh like uh production mm-hmm. that one was was fun just because like i don't know i like that 30 rock style of humor which i'm i'm just starting that um that's fair i um, like the original muppets yeah. muppets from space I still think out of all of them, this might be my favorite. 
Yeah, I, this was the first Muppets movie that happened after Jim Henson had died, the original, like, Kermit the Frog and whole Puppeteer Man. Um, and the guy, what's it called? The, like, the talent, whatever, talent director of the Henson Company at that point mm-hmm. then came up to his son and was like, hey, do you want to do a Muppets movie? And he went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. Okay. If this is, what, the only movie he's ever done, right? He directed it, yeah. I think... I think he might have felt there was an obligation just to be like, this is my father's legacy. I want to complete this. Yeah, you know, passing I'll, the torch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'll do it once and then I, I'll sort of create my own life after this. Mm-hmm. I think there there's sort of a, a trend of that, of like making for artists to make one work for their father and then to just do whatever they want. Hmm. Okay. So he did, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight movies total. He's directed. Okay, then I'm stupid. I'm wrong. <laughs> so one of those being, uh, do you remember that movie, uh, The Happy Time Murders, where it was all Muppets getting murdered and stuff? With that really unfunny woman? Okay, so... It's okay if you don't. No one should. No, I, I know it. This is ruined. This has ruined me. I hate that, that you was, told me this. So he did that. He did Muppets mm. Treasure Island, one of my favorites. Nice, nice, he nice. Did, Jack and the Beanstalk, Tall Poppy, okay. Fraggle Rock the movie, Ooh. Tinseltown, and Witch Witch were all the movies that he's directed. So okay. he is primarily a puppets guy through everything he did. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So he's allowed to make Happy Time Murders just because he's made a lot of other good movies. Mm-hmm. But it definitely takes it down a peg. It yeah. takes it, yeah. It. That kind of ruins me. That kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. I mean, the yeah. only thing being in the 2000s, being Jack and the Beanstalk and the Happy Time Murders, really not too strong for you. No. No. Um, oh, the tagline for the Happy Time Murders was sex, murder, puppets. So, if you're interested. <laughs> mm. That sounds like a trip from Las Vegas I'm not allowed to talk about. Yeah, it's bad. But um, let's get into the actual movie. So. Yeah. Obviously, we start, we see Charles Dickens. We have, um, ah, what's the man's name? The main man. Ebenezer Scrooge? Or Michael Caine? No, Kane? the actor. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. He's not menacing at all. Oh, I love him. He can't, in this whole movie, he's supposed to be like this mean, like, you know, Scrooge, whatever. And he's just not. I can't take him seriously. He's just the grandpa from Journey to the Mysterious Island. I, I don't, can't take Why him is from. that what you recognize him from? Because that's the first movie I, re- I remember He's him like in, in every Journey Christopher too. Nolan movie. He played Alfred, but you recognize him as <laughs> that? Because he was so fun in that. He was a silly old man that was like insane living on this island by himself <laughs> for so many years. He was so silly. I I can take him seriously in this role because I don't I don't see him as menacing, but I see him as um, aggressive. And where most people are scared of him, it's because the power he holds over them financially. Mm-hmm. And I'm obviously I don't have any money in Scrooge, so that I don't I don't share that belief. But I understand the pain that these characters are feeling just because they're like, "Sir, can I please have a little bit of money?" No. You know, um, with with Christmas coming up and all, um, bills are really tight. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry. And then he kicks him out and he's like, all right, um, Bob, write up his eviction papers. We'll give it out to him after Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch that during Christmas. Yeah, fuck that. Um, (laughs) But so we have Bob Cratchit, which is Kermit the Frog, um, his little assistant. We have all his little writers in the room, which are all rats. We're being narrated and told the story from the... Uh, from the view of Gonzo, Gonzo who is Charles great. Dickens, and then he's also accompanied by just Rizzo the Rat, who is just kind of our comedic, you know, Greek audience, whatever, going along with him. Um, and I think Rizzo the Rat actually did help a lot of the comedic moments. Like, it wasn't too much ever. Oh, do you mean every time that he's, like, put into extreme pain? Yeah. And he's just <laughs> screaming? Yeah, it's, so it's like, good. He was burned. He was drowned. He fell off multiple stories. Yeah, he, he was, was dragged the air through trees and stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's really funny, and rats can yeah. survive anything, so it makes sense. Yeah, so he's fine. Um, and so then, whatever, all the stuff happens. I mean, you guys know a Christmas story. You know what happens. Um, he's visited by the three ghosts first. 
first one are Marley and Marley. And this was my favorite song in the movie. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, I'll have to agree with you. It's a very good song. I like the uh, first song as well, but none stuck out to me as much as Marley and Marley because obviously we love Waldorf and those. Um, I, I just love the two critic pup Muppets. All I remember is one of them is named Waldorf. Um, I didn't even remember that. I'm really impressed. Actually, you knew his name. I, I couldn't have at all. It was. I only remember it because of when we were collecting the Lego Muppet set. Oh God, you're right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I one thing I think is that like it didn't look cheap. Like this movie, I think was done well. They didn't try to do mm-hmm. it on crazy low. It had a budget of twelve million dollars, so it had a good budget for 1992, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, yeah. I think what really stands out in in budget is the production design because I thought mm-hmm. those streets looked very nice. I was thinking to myself throughout it, is this the like Harry Potter set? It felt very reminiscent of that of like it those London streets. Street scene. It felt alive and it felt real. It totally could have just been another backlot that they had like grabbed and used. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't have known. Like all the characters were into it, and there was so many extras, which I really liked. It wasn't sparse at all. Yeah. So we have the Marley and Marley song. And they're like, "Bro, you got to be cooler, or you're gonna end up like us. We're Marley and Marley." Ooh. Um, and then they disappear. And this goddamn horrifying fucking like porcelain doll child's face <laughs> shit comes in the window it's fucking terrifying it's horrible like that's the it's the ghost of christmas past it's supposed to be like this little innocent child or something but it's it's like horrifying i hate it <laughs> I, I understand how it's a little horrifying but i don't know it just sort of just looks like a children's doll they put like a gown on it looks like a fucking nightmare is what it looks like <laughs> the the ghost of christmas past comes to scrooge and she says grab on to me little fella we're going for a ride they fly through the sky and they go through this white light and they land back in his past starting off at his um his school where he uh sees how happy everyone at, is at christmas and he's just sort of like studying yeah, he's there every Christmas. He would sit in the school and do his schoolwork while everyone went home for the holidays. And that's when it started where, you know, Christmas was a time to get things done, a time of solitude. And that's how he grew up in his little schoolhouse with his Sam the Eagle teacher. Yeah, Sam the Eagle had a good song. I completely forgot what it was, though. I don't remember a song at all, but I believe you. <laughs> um, I just remember his joke. He said, um, you know, business will take you everywhere. That is the great, like the great reason of America. And then like someone walks up no, and they're like, that's the American way. Yeah. He's like, that's the British way. <laughs> it was really good. Um, that's the only time I think Rizzo is allowed to interact in the scene. Yeah, you know, that's true. Actually, Cause every other time they're like invisible. Yeah. Um, uh, so Next, we see more of what is it? Do we see him meet the lady? Is that what happens? We Just have what? him. We see him go uh, to his mentorship where he starts early at a bake working for Fozzie Worf, um, or some uh, some version of factory, yeah, yeah, something with Fozzie. And uh-huh. was it a, was it a rubber chicken factory? Yeah. <laughs> um. So. While they're working a Chris, while he's at a Christmas party with uh, his boss Fozzie, he meets this wonderful lady, and they're like, they're, "What? Her name is Belle. Oh, is it Belle? And they're so nice to each other, to each other, Scrooge and Belle. And then, and then the Ghost of Christmas Past says, "Oh, and then you see her again." And then it's at the part where she says, "You know, I really don't love you that much." Yeah, so they love each other, and Scrooge is like, whatever. He's like, we can't own a house yet. Business isn't good anymore. I'm just waiting for us. This is for us, Belle. And he's like, I love you. And she's like, you did once. And originally, there was a song about that the two sang about their love and drifting apart that was cut. Um, And that's in like the Disney Plus extras page. You can go listen to it. Disney Um, Plus has an extra page for movies? Uh, yeah, on the movie, if you go to extras where the trailer yeah. and stuff would normally be, there's some t- very rarely there's some extra stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting because because there's not really any extras that are around in the I guess streaming era. Yeah, they're definitely a DVD Blu-ray kind of thing you have to buy for. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad that Disney Plus has it in some capacity. Next, whatever, after that, he loses Belle. Scrooge is so sad. And then he's dropped off at the Ghost of Christmas Present, which is this big, jolly, huge dude. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, oh. He was so great. I loved him. The puppet <laughs> was just really cool because yeah, it was, was very awesome. animated. And the guy in it was, dude, he was probably sweating bullets in that thing. <laughs> it was but bad. He was just covered great. head to yeah. toe in fur. What I love is... The one um, special effects scene where he's just huge. He's taking up an entire house corner just lying there. Mm-hmm. And then the second he gets up to move, he starts to shrink to like a normal human size. That it's looks really, really cool. Too. It's very, very well done. For, again, 1992, that's really impressive. No, For it to yeah. be that seamless with puppets, that's really good. It's very good. And then I don't remember this scene as much, so run me through mm-hmm. it. Um. Okay. So he so it's two o'clock now. Scrooge meets the ghost of Christmas present. He shows him like all the whatever. What what's good about Christmas Day? What's good about now? Um, they go to Fred's house and Scrooge is like made fun of his nephew. And they're like, what's like something you don't want to invite in your house and like hates people and smells like a rusty ball sack? And they're like, Scrooge. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and Scrooge is all sad about it. Um and then he takes him to Bob Cratchit's house. And then so he's looking at Bob Cratchit's family, have a little dinner with Miss Piggy, Tiny Tim, two daughters and another son. And so then it abruptly goes to that the ghost of Christmas present is like, all right, man, um, Tiny Tim's probably going to die. I can't see what happens in the future, but I can see a crutch, a hat, and an empty chair. And I'm like, dude, then you can see the future. You're lying. <laughs> um, but at this point, the ghost of Christmas present is getting older. It's getting closer to 12. And so now he has all this gray hair and he's slowly aging. And mm-hmm. he's saying, all right, man, it's time for the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Good mm-hmm. luck. I'll see you. He dies. And yeah. Scrooge is visited by this fucking Grim Reaper ass mm-hmm. character. I I absolutely love how they incorporate age into these Muppets. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Ghost of Christmas Past obviously representing sort of like a child. That's really good. The Ghost of Christmas Present being very jolly to represent that exact cheer on Christmas. And then mm-hmm. only lasting a day, quite literally dying and only having like a day to live. That's yeah, he really says he's fascinating. Had, like, he has 1,800 brothers and sisters. Um so meaning that they all live one day and then this is it. It's like a cicada. It is like a cicada. Um, uh, but that was my favorite puppet. But I really didn't enjoy the ghost of Christmas yet to come. It was just this big hulking like Grim Reaper creature oh, that had these really rubbery, un you know, unmovable hands really. They mm-hmm. could just kind of move them around but not articulate them at all. And yeah. he never talked. So there was just no personality to it. And while I do understand it's supposed to be like ominous, you're going to die to scare him, it is a Muppets movie. So I was hoping for some kind of payoff, some joke. But at this point in the movie, we really take a more serious turn and there's really not a lot of comedy because Mm. they want to drive home that idea that like Scrooge is going to die, Tiny Tim's going to die. And they don't water like muddy those waters at all with jokes with Rizzo or anything like that. It's very respectfully done to the story. Yeah, I that has to be my favorite just because I I really dig the design. I think it's um it's gigantic stature and uh how it like appropriates what is the focused parts of the body, having long hands and having like a huge head that you can't see. I really like the proportions it gives it. I like the the coloring and the fabric it uses. Uh it sort of has like a Van Gogh feeling to it. Um hmm. just and the fact that it is quiet, I think, does play into the ominousness of it. And it just sort of has him try to figure it out himself. And mm-hmm. I think that serves the story really well for Scrooge to have to be the one that pieces everything together. Especially yeah. when you finally reveal um, this like question of like, who is this person that everyone is bad-mouthing before his yeah. funeral? And so he we finds had out. Some- Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have this group of uh, businessmen that Scrooge knows. He knows all these people. He's allegedly friends with them. And so the ghost shows him all these people basically, you know, laughing and cheering and going to lunch after about Scrooge dying. They're all just happy about it. And they're like, I wonder really where the money's going to go. Well, I know it'll be a cheap funeral at least. And they're like, I'll go if lunch is provided. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's a fence that we're looking at where this big cool spider named Old Joe is there. 
And these people are all taking things like, you know, things from his end table, like earrings, drapes, his sheets, stuff like that, all from Scrooge's home. And um, just really hammering home the idea that no one cared about him. He was just a mean old man and they're all happier with him dead. And again, the set design through this movie is really, really well done. Mm -hmm. Like there's an outside segment where then Scrooge is looking down at his grave and he has to wipe off the snow very well done it looks like a it looks like a proper real graveyard mm -hmm. and like the streets just with that one scene with those little people it looked like a real street still even though it was a throwaway scene just with those four pigs talking about scrooge being dead and that's it it was well done and it had the proper attention needed to pull you into the story and if they didn't have that kind of attention this movie would have been downgraded a lot i wonder where they filmed it can um, i look that's that up Good question. Yeah, Google it. Where was Muppets Christmas Carol filmed? Shepherd and Studios in England. Um, mm. Floors had to be removed and inserted with Michael Caine having to walk across narrow planks between the Muppets and their performers. Oh, you're right. I forgot mm. about how that would work. He had to basically be on an elevated platform so that the puppeteers could just like room, crouch yeah. under him. That's, again, man, like it doesn't feel like they're all puppets where like they're conformed to a certain way because we do have some scenes like the rats closing up the store for christmas where we see mm -hmm. their legs and they're jumping around and stuff so they're not scared to show the full body of the puppets no. and it never feels like they're intentionally like you know hiding kermit's left like lower half just so you don't see the guy's arm it's just you it's just how he looks and it's framed up very nicely even when he's walking later you see him walking with his son and it's just mm -hmm. kermit on his own walking down the street and it does look a little weird because it's Kermit walking and he's a puppet, but it looks really – it looks as good as it can, I think. Yeah. Like I don't know if you can make that look any better than it did, and I think the attention to detail in this movie was just really impressive for it. Yeah. Muppets has been incredible at doing the full view of their uh, puppets. They've done this also in the Muppets movie. Uh, two impressive scenes come to mind when they had uh, Kermit the Frog riding on a bike and you just see the whole bicycle. Mm -hmm. And yep. then when he's when he's doing like the 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 showdown at noon in the Western city, yeah. <laughs> just I don't know. The Henson Company is really good at hiding their magic. May it be through the cinematography or just being like, OK, we're going to real puppet this. Get out the strings. Yeah. Um, so after that whole ghost of Christmas yet to come, obviously he's like, yes, yeah, Scrooge, you're going to die. Tiny Tim's going to die. No one's going to care about you. Only Bob Cratchit's life is ruined. Because earlier in the movie, there's this line where he's like, they should just die faster anyway, decrease the surplus population. And that's a line that the Ghost of Christmas um, present actually threw back at him. Mm -hmm. um, and so at this point, he's, he's scared. He's terrified. Please, spirit, let me go. I'll do everything. Like, I'll learn. I'll, I'll do all the, you know, all the lessons you told me. And Please tell me I can switch this. Yeah, Scrooge was already at this point when the ghost of his <laughs> present was here. He was already like, you know, spirit, I understand. This is really bad. Um, I'm going to turn it around. It's going to be good. And then this spirit came just to fuck with him. He just scared the shit out of an old man for no reason. I feel like they thought it would take three to convince him. And Ghost of like Christmas Yet to Come had a whole thing ready. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, well, and, I don't, I don't want to like not. I prepared this all year. <laughs> let's be honest here. Uh, Ghost of Christmas Present's a day old. He probably doesn't have the other one's phone number. He couldn't just be like, hey, it's all good. It's yeah, all good. He, he really couldn't coordinate this. You're right. That's he a really was dying. Good you know? Do you think all the spirits were in like a waiting room? Like, is there a green room before they go? It's like, all right, you're up, and he's like, gets out of the chair, you know, and walks out. <laughs> I like to think that there's there's just a coordinator and they're just looking over it just with a walkie-talkie going, Bleep. okay, Christmas uh, past just got done. Future, go, go. No, present, yeah. go, 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 go. It's, it's Scooter from the Muppets sitting in the green room. He's like, okay, you're up. And then they walk out. Um, <laughs> dude, but yeah, so, you know, wakes up from his dream. What what day is it? It's Christmas Day, sir. And then he's like, all right, go fucking go buy the prize turkey. I'll give you $5. And then he like throws down the sack to him and the little bunny's like, <gasps> and he fucking sprints. <laughs> he bolts down to that goddamn fucking uh, the store. He like knocks through Rizzo and other people. He's like, get out of the way. He's booking it and stuff like that is just really funny it reminds you I that it's a that bunny. movie and that it's fun and lighthearted still um and you know of course he goes through everything he goes to bob cratchit's house and he's like all right bob 
why aren't you in the office today? What the fuck? He's like, no, sure, it's, it's Christmas. You give gave us off. And Miss Piggy starts getting all mad. <laughs> um, and so they start telling him, he's like, and so they start arguing. He's like, just for that, I'm raising your salary. And she's like, well, I'm going to raise your head. You're raising your salary. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's really good. This is a really good ending. I love how everything uh, plays off of each other. I really like how Gonzo, Gonzo tells it off. Um, and just seeing Michael Caine finally like happy and cheerful at the end of this, it, it's that's probably his best acting in this film. I don't know. It's a really good ending. It brought me Christmas spirit. And then I spent all of Christmas sick in bed. Dying with the tiny Tim disease. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, y'all know the end of Christmas Carol. They all have a nice feast. He gives the Bob Cratchit's family the big turkey. They all have a nice thing. And they all sing a song at the end, which again, it's Michael. It's Michael Caine back at the at the end of the table with all the puppets. And I just imagined all of the like middle-aged men and women, like crouching under that table, like with their arms up singing. That was just really funny to me. Do um, you think, do you think yeah. they were kissing? I mean, I'm not, you know, I think there's a hundred percent likelihood that a relationship sprouted because two puppeteers were so close to each other. on the Muppet <laughs> set. I would be so happy to know like so yeah we actually met in the muppets christmas carol she was rizzo <laughs> and I was speaker, so it, it just happened <laughs> that would be what a, what a lovely story so when uh bill harper the talent agent approached brian he's like hey you want to do a film adaptation christmas carol is the greatest story of all time you should do that and he's like okay and then hence he later told henson he's like by the way we sold it to abc and he's like what and he's like yeah Whoa. sorry and so the writer, Jerry Jewell, was hired to write the script and decided to insert Charles Dickens as the narrator, blah, 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 with Rizzo and um, Gonzo. Um, let's see. I, I'm, I'm combing through the Spark Notes. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so yeah. So who owned – obviously, that means that Brian Henson didn't own uh, the Muppets at the time. It must have been under someone. But like well, they wouldn't the, even the tell – Henson- the Jim Henson company owned the Muppets at that point. Okay. So it was out of his – so I guess when Jim Henson died – He didn't transfer he, the power over to Brian. Yeah, he didn't give his power to his son, which considering he did the murder puppet movie, not a horrible call. <laughs> Imagine where the Muppets would be now if Brian Henson <laughs> – they, they would have yeah. just totally just been Kermit the Frog like raw dogging in a movie. Um. Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to read you exactly what it says in the wiki here. So it says, Harper told Henson that the Christmas Carol is the greatest story of all time. You should do that. And later informed Henson that he sold the idea to ABC as a television film. Oh, so it's more oh. like that's the distributor. Yeah. So it was okay. sold as this movie was sold to them, but not the Muppets IP until much later on, I'm assuming. Yeah, because, you know, Disney has it now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, that was through a lot of stuff. Yeah, so the script was – oh, the script was submitted to ABC for approval. Um, and then Walt Disney offered to purchase the script as a feature film instead of a television series. Wait, which Walt is Disney, how it, the Walt Disney Company or was Walt Disney alive during Walt 1992? Walt Disney Pictures. Okay, I was going to be like, I did not know he lived that long. Yeah, wow, old guy. Yeah, so it was originally made to be a TV-only ABC special, and then it looks like that Disney bought the rights to it and then put it in theaters. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Um, wow, George Carlin was considered to portray Ebenezer. Mm, that would have been incredible. I love Michael Caine in this movie. I would have killed for George Carlin. And also David Hemmings, Ron Moody, David Warner – um also we're all considered to play uh, scrooge but it obviously landed on michael kane and he said i'm gonna play this movie like i'm working with the royal shakespeare company i will never wink i will never do anything muppety i'm gonna play scrooge as if it's an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me i think that's incredible i i, I think that gave a lot of life to it and that's why you see it as a more serious muppet movie it's mm-hmm. because like he didn't let an inch it's he played yeah. it as if he was a professional actor, and he was. I think this wasn't really just playing with puppets. Yeah. It for all these movies, even now, if you try to make a Muppet movie and you don't treat it like you know any other, uh, really whatever emotional big AAA film, whatever, 
um, it's just going to feel like a half-baked, you know, cash grab, which is just what all of the Muppets movies in the for the past few years have felt like. Like, the Muppets Most Wanted movie was horrible. It sucked. The Muppets, the original, not the original, but the Muppets, like, 2008, whatever, where they introduced the new one. Jack and he's like, oh, Black. Yeah, with Jack Black. Um, that movie was good. That was fun. That was a good iteration of, of the Muppets where they acknowledge the old show and the old media, but they're like, yeah, but we're going to continue now as our Muppets. And then they mm-hmm. fucked it up. Yeah. Um, Muppets Most Wanted wasn't great. Uh, we watched Muppets Haunted Mansion and that sucked. Yeah, that really wasn't good. Um, and it sucks because there were a lot of good actors in that, including Will Arnett. But Will Arnett is not at the same level Michael Caine was. He put no effort into his role in that movie. Um. So let's see. Walt Disney Pictures had high expectations for the film, and it was their widest released film of the holiday and second widest release under the Disney band banner that year. Wait. So, so it who was made, uh, who made Aladdin. That was Walt Disney. Okay, so who uh, who made Home Alone? Uh, it's on Alone Disney too. Plus right now. Who but... who owns Home Alone too? Um, uh, I mean, it was directed by John Hughes, but what was the? I'm finding the company. Okay, it was by 20th Century Fox, which was now bought okay. by Disney. Yeah. So at the time, Disney had this and Aladdin going up against. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot. I mean, both of these are considered great movies now. I don't. And they own its competition now. Yeah. I don't know if the Muppets Christmas Carol is really remembered very much. Like there's very few people that I've, I've ever heard, you know, reference or mention it at all. I get that. I'm seeing a lot more people referencing it around Christmas time. And it's mm-hmm. now a tradition, at least for me, to watch it every year. Um, so I think it's getting some late remembrance because people – because let's be honest. This is the kind of generation that would love the Muppets, but there are no Muppets to be given. So we're yeah. just going to be going back to like the 90s. I think right now what the Muppets needs as a you know as a brand right now is just to get rid of their old media and just not start fresh – but we can't constantly just be like, ah, remember the old Muppets? Wasn't that great? Because that just makes us think of better things. <laughs> mm-hmm. They need to like make another movie like this where it's telling a, a classic story, but with Muppets. The only problem is when they did Haunted Mansion, first of all, not a good story to begin with. But second of all, mm-hmm. they gave it a nothing budget um, with like just no focus on it putting it on disney plus if you're gonna they're scared them- to put money into it because they think the muppets are gonna flop and just if- because they don't put money into it it's shit the muppets could be good again but you need to make a classic story again with the muppets in theaters great gatsby frankenstein something like that Ooh, great gatsby would actually be so fun <laughs> that would be so cool can we do that can we get the rights to that i'll see what i can do I'll see what I can do. Um, so <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, this had a 77% on release. Um, on Metacritic, had a 64 out of 100. And it had an A on a cinema score as when it released. So it was, it did have relatively good reviews. That's good. That's good. Uh, what okay. would you rate it? I think this was a really fun movie. It was a good Christmas movie. It was lighthearted and it didn't. At no point did I want to skip through anything. All the songs felt warranted and it wasn't drowned in it. So I'm honestly going to give this movie, I think, like a four and a half. It it was just really enjoyable for me. I love the Muppets. I have Kermit on my arm forever. Um, (laughs) It's just good. I enjoyed it. I'm probably going to have to agree with you entirely. This is one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's up there with... um, it goes Polar Express, Muppets Christmas Carol, Eight Crazy Nights, and I couldn't think of a funnier one. Um, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> Die Hard. Eh, it's not funny, though. It's just like, oh, you're one of those people. Oh, one of those guys. Um, I'll, I'll have to say it's a four and a half, too. I just love it. It's homey, but it's dramatic. Um I've I've had a love for the Muppets and this fills that hole. 
But now, are you uh, after a little ad segment? Uh, we're gonna go right into news. So we'll see you guys in a minute. Have fun. Here at Wham, we use this podcast as an artful avenue to blissfully and peacefully vent our fiery, unbridled rage buried deep, deep down. And now you can too. It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you thought about podcasting before and you realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code WHAM and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. The headlines. You ready for some some uh, some jingle news rock? This is probably the biggest news of uh, mm-hmm. that's come out recently. Um, yeah. Jonathan Majors. Mm. He had he has been found guilty in two counts, um, third degree assault and harassment. He faces up to a year in jail. And quite literally, the second he was announced guilty, Marvel fired him. Yeah, that's um not surprising. Yeah, uh, really disappointing though. He was really good as Kang. I I thought he did really good as Kang. I wasn't sold by him in any other project except for Loki season two. Was he um, in any other project besides Loki season two? Loki season one, Ant Man, oh. Quantum Mania. Well, I, I I Loki season one and two. I think he works. Yeah, uh, at season like Quantum Mania season one yeah, just so limited. Kind of a- Quantumania is like a lesser version of He Who Remains, kind of. It's not really the cool one. It's like a normal guy. Yeah, I get that. But it's it's going to be really lame um, to, to – well, it's really lame that he did all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's a shame he beat his wife. Yeah, and then – Imagine going to jail as Kang the Conqueror, though. <laughs> That's rough. That's because I know. Well, actually, you know what? They all probably haven't seen the movie. They can't. So yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. <laughs> I mean, also, like, I'm he has like physical training from his time in Creed. Mm-hmm. So oh, you he know. was in Creed. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, I forgot about that. Um, it's gonna be weird to see what they do with the role. Avengers Five has lost its, um. Has lost its writer. It's lost its director. It's now lost its title. Wow! So they're just are they just going to scrap the whole movie? They are moving with the movie, but plans are not settled yet as to if they're going to continue Kang Dynasty or pivot. They're currently talking about that, Uh, but whatever they do, Jonathan Majors just won't be a part of it in the future. They could recast Kang, except for the fact that in Jonathan Majors' contract. He was the only person who could play Kang. I mean, that's that little, that contract well, is gone. Now. Yeah, they terminated his contract, so it just sucks because you'll have to establish that again. Yeah, but I mean, we did it. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, we did it in Iron Man One, though. So it's not. I think you could do it again, yeah. dude. What did we get that guy from Iron Man One? <laughs> well, the dude who Don Cheadle replaced, just get him in there. We could get the original Rhodey. Or there are reports that Marvel is eyeing to bring a different celebrity into the MCU with un with uh, no reporting as to what the role could be, and many people are believing it's for Kang. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just recast. It would be the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. At this point, I really don't think I want them to pivot to Doctor Doom because I think it's going to be a really jarring, okay, guys, uh, look over here now um, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to blend well. I think one of the main problems the MCU has right now is um, how we view villains. Because we have some great villains that we haven't tackled yet, Doctor Doom, Galactus, and stuff like that. But we're afraid to bring them in because we know that if we bring them in, it will be the only time we see them. There's no such thing as a reoccurring villain. 
No, we can't. I mean, in comic books themselves, we do have obviously, you know, the villains will always come back. There's a bit in the Spider-Man things where it's like organizations just hire all of these supervillains and they're all contracted to certain heroes, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever. But like, I think they're too scared to touch any of that media because of how complex a lot of it gets. I don't think Marvel is as confident as they used to be, or they're just like blindly confident, which is even worse. (laughs) I think they know, especially with Bob Iger, how this Mm -hmm. stuff is waning on them. Uh, I don't know if Bob knows. Okay, well, Bob has come out recently talking about how he wants to get away from sequels and remakes just because he wants to make more original stuff. That's a lie. He's not going to do it, but he understands – at least like what a creative audience wants. He knows what a creative audience wants and then he knows what's going to make money. (laughs) And he just always goes to the money one. He always goes for the money. Um, Bob, little scamp. uh, Robert, why are you doing this, Robert? Um, What do you get? What's next? What's next? Don't put me on the spot like that. Now. Um, Oh, have you seen the, uh, the first looks for Spaceman, the, the new Adam Sandler movie? No. Tell me. Um, it's a, it's another Netflix movie. We we know he works for Happy Madison. It, yeah. Paul Dano's also in it. Uh, from the promotional work, it looks at least good in CG. I think it's supposed to be another serious film. Uh, the synopsis here says the film follows an astronaut who finds his life falling to pieces and turns to a creature from the beginning of time for help. Brother, what? <laughs> Is this going to be like Paul? <laughs> 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 no, uh, I don't know. <laughs> who knows, man? Uh, who um, knows what's I mean, going to happen? Okay. That could be cool. Yeah. I I'm mean, not going to do it yet, but it doesn't sound like it will be great, but it could be cool. Yeah. Uh, let's. Adam Sandler has been in more good movies than bad movies recently, which is very interesting. Uh, people is, are even saying people liked Leo. Did yeah, you hear about? I did see people really enjoyed that movie. Actually, they said it was a fun animated kids movie that had some pretty decent jokes. You know what? I might watch that over this break. We could. This is this is true. This is true. Um, and then what else we got? What else we got? Oh, oh, okay. So Quentin Tarantino, he has yes. his explicit ten movie rule, and right now yep. he's making The Critic which is a movie about a famous film critic. It might be his only film that's a biopic. He has um, gone to say that he refused to make a Star Trek movie that he really wanted to make just to make sure it wasn't his last movie. This is a rule you imposed. (laughs) 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 There isn't someone putting a gun to your head. No, you said it's not this. like you're you, in bad you health. Say it's 11. You can just wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm just going to make 11 movies. That's fine. No one cares. <laughs> what's okay. What's stupid is he already made 10 films. He's just counting Kill Bill 1 and 2 as one movie. All right. My ass. It's whatever. <laughs> Fuck that. Whatever. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino. I, let's be honest here. He's not fully neurotypical. There's something on one end of the spectrum or the other. Dude, he uh, likes feet. Of course it is. There, that literally, it's like a part in your brain that overlaps, where it's like that you, where your brain thinks sexual organs are hot, and your brain that recognizes like feet overlaps a little bit in some people, and that's why foot fetishes happen. <laughs> so, I don't know. He's he's a strange man. He has strange tendencies. This obsession with the number ten is one of them. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, ten toes, you know. Maybe um, that's why. Maybe that's why he only wants ten. One for each of his toes, so he can paint his nails like each movie's color. <laughs> I think that's probably it, actually. And this little piggy watched Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> that's what and I'm this saying. little piggy yeah. watched Pulp Fiction. <laughs> okay, he, this is a little bit of old news. When yeah. uh, when I was grabbing this, it was relevant. It's no longer relevant. Warner that's Brothers right. and Paramount met up to discuss a merger with each other. Ooh, did it go anywhere? No, uh, right. a Nickelodeon executive who was on those uh, board meetings has discussed that the meeting will not go through. Honestly, as much as Warner Brothers needs a huge um, control change, especially because David Zaslav just can't stop with tax write-offs, it wouldn't have been a good move for uh, Paramount to take over all of that just because if we have this huge conglomerate of media, it's just not healthy for the industry. 
No. Uh, we should be looking for smaller industries to get a stronger uh, foothold, like A24, or you know what, that's it. That's, that's really the only. A24 has been making some pretty big strides, though. A24 and Netflix, I guess. Is yeah, that a Netflix new studio? Also. Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. It's okay. It's Netflix Prime, Apple, and um, Netflix Prime, Apple, and A twenty four are the new studios to the block, going against the hundred year old ones, which are. I don't know if Netflix is a new studio. Well, I guess compared. Yeah. Since House of Cards, that was their yeah. first one. That's fair. Wasn't there like, a thing? Did you send me something the other day with Kevin Spacey in it? Playing the <laughs> character in like in character with um that guy, guy the news guy Parker okay. Carlson. Yeah, so real? yes, it was real. Um, <laughs> Kevin so Spacey. Ever since he had um, ever since he had his uh reputation ruined with accusations. Yeah, ago. yeah. After ever since his little oopsie, he has gone in character every Christmas to record a video as Frank Underwood from House of Cards. And relay like a cryptic message that talks about both his life and the life of the character. Um, in the show, they just straight up said he like died, so he's the only one that's like keeping the character up. Yeah. Um, and this year it's for him. his Christmas release, he went on the show with Tucker Carlson to talk about American politics while still in character of this random guy who was president. He said <laughs> that he would want to run as president. And he said some other weird stuff like that. And Tucker Carlson just has like the biggest shit eating grin on the whole time. Yeah. He's just like, wow, I'm so glad to be meeting you. And the whole time he's acting so callous, like I once had an apple pie for dinner and it made me want to kill a man. Yeah. He's really, man, I want him to get more movies again. I like him a lot. He acts good. I like him too close maybe. And if they're true, but I don't know. I liked, I really liked his acting. He's still the best Lex Luthor on screen. I obviously his, um, his, uh, his sexual misconduct never was found. Uh, he was never found to be guilty in the UK. However, there are, you know, those things about the kids who have died, who accused him. And I only found out recently that he had a pretty close connection to just Lane Maxwell and, um, Jeffrey Epstein. Oh yeah. I hope that's a, that's a little unfortunate, but let's, <laughs> let's turn away from it and let's think about something better instead. All right. How about uh, that? How about that? Okay. Okay. Um, well, uh, Iron Claw came out this week. Um, Ooh, I really want to watch that. Dude, incredible. Did you see it? It It's now my top movie of the year. Wow. Okay, yeah. I was really interested. Zac Efron's been doing a lot of like artsy, good films mm-hmm. lately. It was an incredible movie. I didn't know anything going into it, into it except that it was about wrestling. I advise anyone listening to do the same. You just know it's about wrestling and you find out the rest in the theater Every single person in that movie gave a great performance. Um, it's not doing it made about five million um domestically on its first day, which isn't, you know, like a it isn't super huge, but it's probably expected to be more of a um more of a holiday release and how holiday releases work is well, wasn't it only digital? Oh no, I saw it in a theater. Oh really? Oh, I definitely want to see that in theaters yeah. I, I'm not going to watch it with you. I can't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't do that twice. That's fair. Um, well, was it bad? No, it was not bad. It, I just said it was my favorite movie of the oh, year. But then you said you can't do it twice. What do you mean? That's just because of the nature of the movie. I'd have to wait a while to watch it again. You'll see why. Okay. okay. Um, what What else is there? Oh, yeah. Jeremy Allen White, who... Uh, our our friend on a different podcast, uh, Michael Hatch, actually mm-hmm. got to meet at the world premiere of this. Ooh, um, that's cool. But he was he was interviewed for the movie, and he said how he has never watched the High School Musical trilogy, and that <laughs> he said explicitly, "I'll watch it with you, Zach Efron, but only if you hold my hand throughout." <laughs> that's funny. That's that good. is pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm really. I was really excited about that movie. I'm definitely going to see that then. Yeah, um, it's legitimately. There was like when uh, I guess going into like October or so, there were only two people that people 
were expecting to get into best actor for the Oscars. And that was supposed to be um, Bradley Cooper for Maestro and then Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are now expecting it also also to be met by Zac Efron and by Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. It's a very good year for movies. It's a shame we're going into January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody better be excited for Fuck You January, where yeah. only the worst movies come out every year. I, I hope we get another murder puppet movie. That's really what I'm waiting for, actually. February, there'll be some rom-coms and some bad horror movies like there always are. Yeah. Um, March is going to be a little bit of a revamp. April's going to be the start of... um. I don't know, like a, an occasional blockbuster or um, Oscar film. And then the summer blockbusters come out and then the fall uh, award season really amps up. And then we got holiday movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just planned a year of wham guys. Yeah. So um, you know, <laughs> those uh, you'll see us then, but do you have any more news or is that all we got? I mean, there's one last one. Uh, Scream 7 has been in a shit, so, shit show. It lost uh, one of the actresses, M- Melissa Barrera, after she made statements on the Palestine conflict, and then Jenna Ortega left. Um, publicist said it was for um, scheduling conflicts, but she's also a big Palest- Palestine supporter. Yeah, uh, they probably just wanted to cover themselves, I think. Yeah. We now have the director also leaving. He has a statement right here that says, I formally exited Scream 7 weeks ago. This will disappoint some and delight others. It was a dream job that turned into a nightmare, and my heart did break for everyone involved. Everyone. But it's time to move on. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's disappointing um, when there are just political conflicts like that in a movie, but it happens, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't name a time that it's happened like this before. But I'm that's, sure there's been that we just like didn't know. Yeah, I'm sure if we go back to like Afghanistan, Iraq, or anything around like the when we were in every inch of the Middle East, there was something like that. I'm confident. Yeah, I remember the Dixie Chicks, but that was music. Yeah, you would remember Dicks, wouldn't you? But uh, that's all the news we got for today. So. Um... Yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, our next episode won't be a Christmas. It would just be a normal whatever episode of Wham. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see you guys then. Thank you for listening. This has been Wham. I'm, I, I'm. Please take that back. I don't like you've this. been whammed, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> hey, bye. <laughs>